Blog Talk Radio. Radio. Wayne Dyer said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Now, if you've never heard that expression, or perhaps you do not find that to be true, well, I'm going to ask you to stay tuned to learn why that is a true statement and how you can make it work for you. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a reconnective healing practitioner, certified vibrational sound therapist and positive psychology practitioner at Quantum Wellness Center, my private practice located in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer, free of charge, and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. The premise of this show is that energy is everything. 
and we can easily shift energy with awareness, hence the name Energy Awareness Radio. It is a fact. It has been proven. And my guest, Jenny Mannion, is the perfect example of that. Jenny has a BA in psychology from Penn State University and has always been interested in how the mind works and in helping others. And her own transformation began by healing herself of several chronic diseases in only three weeks' time. Since then, she has become an alternative healing practitioner, mind-body mentor, and inspires people to connect with their inner power to create the life they desire. Now, she's written a book called A Short Path to Change, and that is our topic for discussion. So, let's get to it. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Thank you for joining us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? I am wonderful, and thank you so much for having me here. Ah, it's a pleasure. Your book is really, really neat because it's it's a short book. It's easy to read. It's easy to understand. I like those best because we get a lot out of it. You know, adults don't learn the way that children do, and we have a short attention span. <laughs> <laughs> very short <laughs> yes you know but when you can get good information in they're little chapters and they have exercises that go with them and there's so much it's jam-packed full of information that people can just i found just go back to during the time any time in the day and say oh you know what i just read that i'm going to do that exercise and help them to shift their perspective to get to a positive place of being rather than the negative place of being where a lot of people stay in like a victim mode. It's really hard to get out of that. But this helps them to do so, to just lift themselves right out of the, the downtrodden state that they're in and move forward in a really good way and, and allows them to almost have a do-over. So in saying all of that, I'd like first to everybody to be on the same page. So why don't we start with you telling us about your own journey, just so that those who have not read the book yet will have an idea of how all of this came about. Sure. It started with me being very sick. Uh, I, it started in my 30s. Most of my 30s I was sick for about seven years. The first diagnosis I got was chronic mono. They would always find the Epstein-Barr virus in my blood. Then it was fibromyalgia. I woke up feeling like I had the flu on most days with just pain everywhere. The third diagnosis was factor V Leiden, which is a genetic blood disorder. They said that the doctor said that I w- it made me like 500 times more likely to get a blood clot than other people and within a month I manifested a blood clot and was in the hospital for like 4 days. And the last was the most grim. It was Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, benign hypermobility, which they said that would probably because most of my pain was in my legs, it would settle in my legs and I could be in a wheelchair as soon as a year and that my life would consist of being on pain pills and intense physical therapy and that I would not get better. So I did all the things that people do. You you grieve a little bit. You try to get support and join support groups. The support groups were not helping me. They became like they were pity parties, I thought, you know. Mm. Maybe I'd meet like one person, but everyone was like one-upping each other with – I lost this because of my illness, or I lost that, or I'm on this many many medications. It was not a very healing environment, and I actually mm. found found I was feeling worse after being, you know, being to the support groups. I would uh, think and I so. Learned, yeah, and then I learned everything I could about the diseases, which didn't help me either, because every symptom it seemed like I read about suddenly I would manifest. So you know, the internet has a, a great service, but also oh, sometimes. Yes. There's just too much information. So yeah. there were a couple things that triggered my triggered my healing. Uh, I definitely I met a really good girlfriend, so we started to go for walks, and I think I started to identify myself again as Jenny instead of mom and wife and all the roles because when I was identifying with the roles, I was insulting myself all the time. Oh, I'm not a good enough mom. I'm sick. I'm not a good enough wife. Mm-hmm. Uh so that was the beginning of it, and then another friend had recommended that I see the movie The Secret, and I had waited actually a year to do it, and when I watched it, there were a couple things I took from it. One was that our body's always recreating cells. We're 99.999% new in 11 months. Some some mm-hmm. organs recreate themselves in days, so mm-hmm. where we're putting our energy, it makes sense. If we're telling ourselves we're sick all the time, we're not going to be creating healthy cells, So that was the first part. And the second part was gratitude. I realized that I was not 
grateful. I mean, I had friends, I had family, I had two beautiful children. I was really stuck in that oh, sad, depressed victim mode of, you know, look what's happened to me. I'm in my 30s, and I became every single one of those diseases. So mm. I, after the, seeing the movie The Secret, I said, you know what, I am taking – I'm, I know I can feel a little better than I'm feeling right now if I start paying attention to what I'm saying to myself, do a lot of gratitude, and start reading all I can about the mind-body connection. I read Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, Eckhart Tolle, and within three weeks, I had no symptoms anymore and was totally healed, felt better than I had in easily eight years, probably like 20 years, because I felt revitalized. I felt kind of reborn. It took me about mm. a year to go back to the hematologist to tell, to get permission to go off of the blood thinner, because I knew I'd have to have tests and stuff. And even he said that where my mind was at the time, it was more dangerous for me to be on them than to come off of them. Yes. He gave me his blessing. Mm-hmm. So wow. it was it was quite the journey. I did not know that I could heal myself. I knew that I could feel better than I was. That this was another this was a route that I had not heard of. The routes that I had heard of when I was sick were really depressing. One book even said to have a funeral for my old self because I was never going to be that person again. So, oh my god! You know, pretty horrible messages to be receiving, and yeah, I mean, I got a lot of pity. You know, a lot of the doctors shaking their heads, saying, "Oh, I feel so bad for you." Yeah. So I really kind of wore that after a while. Well, of course, you were given permission to, and what else could you do? You know, but you're proof in the pudding that we can heal ourselves, and and you did it so very quickly. And that's what I try to explain to people a lot is, you know, whenever you hear someone say, my God, their life changed in a heartbeat or a second, everybody thinks, okay, it had to be the loss of a person, the loss of their their a limb or a body part or an ability, the um, a loss of a job, something horrible has happened it's always something horrible. It's never their life changed in an instant. They won the lottery. They got the trip of a lifetime. They got the job of their dreams. Mm-hmm. They found the spouse of their dreams. Nobody goes down that road. So you are in a position where you could actually take everything and your journey was so long, but you really did shift everything in just a matter of three weeks, which is, you know, it's really seconds when you look at the whole scheme of eight to 10 years or 20 years, like you said, oh, and then absolutely. three weeks. Yeah. So when people say you can't manipulate energy like that, yeah, you can. You absolutely can. It's just energy. It's not hard to manipulate at all. I find that intriguing. Right. You know, I like it when people are, are a little bit, uh, they need to see the, the proof in it. And you are the proof. But I do have to ask you, in writing this book, and I know it can be cathartic to write, but sometimes it's mm-hmm. difficult to write about our experiences. Was it difficult for you to to almost, you know, write and get everything down, or did you find it challenging, or was it cathartic? Well, at the time I wrote the book, I was in a good space. I would say that right after I healed, because this is about, uh, I've been healthy now about nine years, so right after I healed, I did not like going back to those bad spaces. Like, I didn't like thinking about sick Jenny. It got me really upset. Uh, It got me mad at myself. You know, but through helping other people, uh, a lot of my tools are things that I've used with some of my clients that I know work. Because, and my book was written from the place of we all have the same stuff. We all struggle yep. with self-love. We all have that negative self-talk. Uh, so it was really written for, I want my book to be almost like a remembering, like, this. oh, this makes sense. Yeah, uh, and these are easy tools that that we can do in a couple minutes to make ourselves feel better. We're not taught these things, but a lot of times when people hear these tools, it just does make sense to them, and that's really what I want. I want it to be easy uh, and so we don't need as much resistance because we will meet resistance and self-sabotage. I want it to be easy, and I want it to come from a very loving space because when we're loving to ourselves in the process, that's that's encouraging when we're beating ourselves up saying, oh, we're not doing this fast enough. That's really not motivating, and it's not going to be creating that momentum or empowerment. Yeah, and it's not healing, but when you're in that space, yeah. so coming from the space of love, it is healing. You know, the thing yeah. about your book is that it touches on so many areas of life 
that it seems, I would say, most everyone encounters at some point. And it offers a variety of methods for healing. And for me, that makes it a great source for anyone and everyone, actually. We all need either some type of healing or knowledge, strategies to either learn how to deal or perhaps cope with the, the variety of challenges that we face you know, in life on a daily basis. And I would venture to say that one may want to read this from cover to cover, you know, but then don't put it away and say, okay, I read that book and I got what I needed out of it because you didn't. You read the book, but now you really need the book because you have to keep it handy to refer to when situations arise until you get into the swing and those become a habit. Was that part oh, of your so goal funny, in writing though, this too, book? Because, because we still face our stuff. Even after writing the book, I faced like stepping up to that next level and I went back to some mm-hmm. tools for my book. So, yeah, I mean, Hopefully these are tools that you can use, you know, ongoing because we do, we are peeling off layers and healing layers at a time and we, we will need tools to continue. And I'm, I'm a person that needs as many tools as possible. I can't use the same thing every time. It just won't work. So I right. like a bunch of different ones to pull, pull from it, like a huge toolbox. Mm-hmm. So you did write it specifically with that goal in mind to have people use it as, as a guide to keep handy. Yes. Yeah, 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 and, and it, I like it because, as I said, the it's not a lot to read. I mean, people will say, I just went to a seminar today, and somebody was talking about a book, and they said they were given a book to read, and she said, I, I've never read it because I don't have time. And she said, evidently, the book is about teaching me how to create more time. And she says, who has time for that? And I, I started <laughs> laughing. I started laughing, and I thought, you know, it's like people who don't want to meditate. They don't have time. You don't have time not to meditate because that puts you in a place where all of a sudden life starts to go into flow. And when you're in flow, more stuff gets done, and you have more time. You know, so your book, everything's short. You can take, you can look up something and say, okay, what do I need to do here? Oh, I need something about forgiveness. And you can go in, in a matter of a total of six pages, you can have read from the very beginning to the end of that chapter and picked up a strategy for how to forgive. And it's easy. As you said, it's very, very easy. So, you know, I think a lot of people think that making changes is difficult and it's hard and it requires too much time or, or perhaps they say it's not meant to be. And I just... Yes. Jenny. Oh, okay. I thought I lost you for a minute. <laughs> I am here. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, and I think people I make excuses know. take some time that keeps them in a rut, you know, and that's taking up time. When you when you do that, you're better off taking the time to find those tools that will help you get out of the rut. Don't you agree? Yeah, and it well there there's so many things involved in it too. There is the just that self-defeating behavior, not not loving ourselves enough. When we love ourselves enough, we know we're worthy of the life that we desire. We have all these programs that life is hard, life sucks, then you die, all these horrible things we've been told. You know, we're always mm-hmm. focusing on the negative. God forbid you turn on the news, the first story is going to be the most horrific, you know. So it's not natural for us to think that. Unfortunately, you know, that's not natural for us to think that life is easy and in flow. We're yeah. taught life is complicated, and when we do start making changes, it's interesting for me when I start working with clients and they start manifesting, it's almost like fear that comes in. Like, it can't be that easy, you know? Um, right. Almost like this disbelief and fear, and then almost like the ego will come in and be like, oh, you're more comfortable here. You're more used to this disempowered state, you know? Uh, don't... Don't don't try that. So you have to overcome some resistance. You have to love yourself enough to know that you can move past it. And, you know, once you move to a certain point, everything, just like you said, flows. And it's beautiful. The people come into your life. Um, everything, you know, the situations, the jobs, everything just flows naturally. And you don't have to struggle as much. Yes, and... You know, the resistance goes down, too, with the more that you learn, the more tools that you have, because people will say, well, I'm not resistant at all. And then they'll start talking and, and saying, you know, well, I, I don't, I'm not quite sure that that will work. Right there, that's resistance. You just put up a block. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you're doubting, 
you just put up a block. So you kind of have to be a little bit open and become really, as one of your points is, to become aware of and of and eliminating the negative self-talk. That's not just putting yourself down and self, self-deprecating remarks. That's also that resistance when you say something like, I don't think this is going to work. That's negative. And I've had people say, well, that's right. not really negative. Well, if you're saying it's not really negative, it's not really positive then, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So it's got a little bit of negativity to it. It's like saying I'm a little bit pregnant. No, you're not. <laughs> you either are or you aren't. So, you know, and I think those, some of your points are really good about, you know, becoming aware of and eliminating the negative self-talk. To me, that's probably a big, the biggest thing and hurdle for people to get over because they need to learn how to become aware. Do you find that to be true? Yeah, and when they are aware, you have to be nice to yourself, too. So it's not another thing to beat yourself up about that you're saying bad things about yourself. It's to be grateful that you are noticing, to really look at those statements and see if they're something you even believe anymore, someone that was told as a kid that they're not smart, for example. Oh, my God, my, my daughter just told me this story today that kids, she's in middle school, kids that are on the failing list, meaning they're failing one or more subjects, are not allowed out during recess. So they ask these kids oh my if God. they're on the failing list. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, what is that doing to their self-esteem at this young age? That's... So, you know, if you've heard messages like that as a kid, you're repeating them back to yourself, you know, either subconsciously or consciously. Oh, that was stupid that I did that, you know. And, of course, those are going to affect our self-esteem and our confidence, and they don't provide a healing environment. So when we start hearing ourselves say things like that, noticing and saying, do, do I really even believe that? You know, give yourself an example of some time that you were smart, something that you did was really good. If we spend even a fraction of the time concentrating on the things that were good during the day that happened and the, the qualities in ourselves that, that are wonderful, that we do love, everything would be different for our, ourselves. We always yes. focus on, you know, we'll go on about one thing that happened that day that we wish we didn't say or do for hours, days. People, Some people hold those things for weeks or years, whereas mm-hmm. if we did something beautiful for someone, you know, called a sick friend or helped someone out, we don't even give ourselves a pat on the back for that. It's very uncomfortable for us to give ourselves that credit and that gratitude. So it I'm is still stuck on, it. You, I'm still stuck, and you completely blew my mind, that they tell the kids, <laughs> I'm going back to the kids, that they, <laughs> they tell the kids. They ask them. If, yeah. <laughs> they if, ask them, if are you on the failing list? And then they can't go out. Number one, okay, that is a form of bullying. Yeah. And that, that is humiliation. Yeah. This is stuff we're trying to get rid of in this country. We have bullying. We have humiliation. We're certainly not increasing self-esteem here by any sense of of the word, not at all. I cannot believe that in a school system they're actually doing this and segregating the children this way, and it's not healthy. It's not healthy on a physical level because they're not letting them go outside and get some sunshine and breathe some fresh air, which will only help them to be better when they get back in the classroom. What is wrong with the school system? Oh, don't get me going on that. That's a whole yeah, other hour or I, more. Yeah. That's a long I, conversation. I, I, yeah. You, you, blew, no, it's, it's, you blew my mind yeah. completely. You completely blew my mind. That's just See, and this is the thing. We should be starting all of this with children. But when you start with children and they're doing this in schools, how can we turn around and say, look, life can be good if you do this? Not when, not when the teachers, the people that you depend on, that your tax dollars are paying to teach your children, are sanctioned with this, and it's, it's okay to do this to these kids. This is a form of bullying. This is so yeah. many kinds of wrong. There's not a number big enough to represent it. I, I just can't. Oh, my God. That's just. Yeah, she just told it, me that today. Yeah, I mean, that's the first time I've heard of that. You know, and she brought yeah. it up because she knows it's unfair. She, you know, yeah. like I bring her up, you know, knowing about self-love and. Uh, passion. No, it's not okay. Passion. A little bit of compassion, people. A little bit of compassion because maybe somebody failed, you know, and they're on the failing list. Maybe the teacher hasn't taught if the student hasn't learned. I, I am just, I, 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 oh, my God, I've completely lost my train of thought here. <laughs> my 
like, just totally blew me away. I just totally, I can't believe that, you know? I mean, it's bad enough that you turn on the news and you see the biggest bully of them all running for president. And I'm like, really? That's who you want? A bully who's denigrating to women? Yeah. And, 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 you know, oh, my God, and lies? I mean, oh, my God. And now we've got it in schools. It's no wonder. Oh, oh, that's just horrible. <laughs> Okay, we have to we have to move on because I'm I have to get back on track here. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> oh wow! Well, let's do this. You know, we are speaking with Jenny Mannion, author of A Short Path to Change: Thirty Ways to Transform Your Life. So to learn more, you can visit her site, which is JennyMannion.com. So that's J-E-N-N-Y-M-A-N-N-I-O-N.com. There's a lot of information there. It's a great site. There's a lot of information there. You can learn a lot. And I have to say that, again, um, the book covers everything from, you know, forgiveness and influences, fear, negative talk, attention shifting, uh, your ego, which is huge, your, your roles versus what your soul is telling you to do. It, we get into the chakras and, you know, there's self-love, there are affirmations. Gratitude, of course, is extremely, extremely important. I, I believe that that is one of the greatest gifts that we have to give and receive in this life. And that once you start living from that place of gratitude, it only comes back to you tenfold. And I'm sure you have seen that because I bet after those three weeks when you were healed, you probably wanted to rush to every doctor and say, look, I'm fine now, but it, you were probably a little apprehensive, right? I'm thinking, you know, yeah. but you were grateful, no doubt. Oh, so grateful. And gratitude, I, I attribute that. That and negative self-talk were, were the two tools that helped me heal. And I love your opening yep. song is thank you. I mean, it is. It, it's the yep. most important thing to say. And not just gratitude for things in your life, which is so important, but gratitude for yourself. Yes, and gratitude for the things that you do for others because we're here to bring joy to others and to bring joy to ourselves. And when you bring joy to others, you automatically get joy. And when you get joy from others, you automatically turn around and give joy. So it's a really nice little circle, you know. It, it's a great little wheel that we, we mend for ourselves, that we give to ourselves if we practice that. One of the things that I, I find with a lot of uh, patients is that Learning how to forgive themselves and others, the, the holding on to the grudges and the anger and the anything from the past, that is really huge. People tend to to hold on to that almost like they don't want to let it go because it's it's like a, a lifeboat to them. I don't know why there are times there are things that seem so simple in listening to them that they could let go of, but they hold on to the anger and they hold on to it. And once they get past that point of holding on and they can forgive themselves and they have trouble forgiving others, we're not condoning that someone did something, whatever they did is right. Just forgiving them so we can move on. And that's probably a difficult thing. Yeah, for people to get past. Forgiveness, it's, it's the reason that's my first chapter. <laughs> if you can get yeah, through that, yeah. you can get through the rest of the book. It is it is really challenging for people. And because they identify it with part of who they are, too. Uh, it You know, it can be a part of the victim mentality. Uh, this happened to me. And it's sometimes it's how they get attention. Sometimes it's... It's just they've identified with it for so long they don't know how to how to let it go. And I do yeah. love that Deepak Chopra quote: "Everyone, you must realize everyone's doing the best they can from their own state of consciousness." And that's what I I teach is if some no happy happy well-adjusted people don't go around hurting people. So if right. you were hurt by somebody, they probably were hurting too. They were reacting from what they knew at the time. If they were abused they might abuse again if they hadn't healed that patterns repeat themselves but you can stop it here by by forgiving that person and again it doesn't mean you're condoning it it just means i have suffered enough with this i am not letting that person have any more energy over me they've had energy over me over you know however long you've been holding it i'm going to let it go now so i can be in the present moment and be my best self and send them love because they need they need love too. The people that hurt probably need the most love. The people that hurt others. Very true. Very very true. And they, you know, it, it's not to say that you forgive them and you keep them in that same close circle of friends or in your sphere at all. Right. It's saying mm-hmm. that you forgive them and then you kind of put them a little bit further away. 
and you keep mm-hmm. them at arm's length or further. You don't have to react, interact with them the same way that you were before. They don't have to be your friend. And you don't have to have a, you know, a, a drag down fight you know, an all-out war with the person, you can just forgive and say, you know, I just need to step back. That's taking your power back. That's being the bigger person so that you don't need to, you know, go through the whole process of reliving the whole thing again, and then it turns into an argument. It's an easy way to just forgive and say, I'm done with that relationship. And that's how a lot of relationships end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, no, we need – Yeah. We, we're we not taught that, though, really. I mean, these are all, like I said, the, the, the tools for my book, we're not taught a lot of these things, um, just mm-hmm. how powerful we are. We can shift all this energy really quickly, and it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to take a long time. Uh, the exercise I give for forgiveness, Ho'oponopono, is, is you could do it in two, in two minutes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that's, you know, that's one of my favorite prayers, you know, to, to be able to say, you know, those four sentences to your soul, basically, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, or to someone else. I mean, that's so powerful because you are shifting the energy. Mm-hmm. You, you are kind of owning your, your energetic piece in it, and you're, you're apologizing to yourself, too, you know, and there's just nothing more healing than that. And not just saying the words, but putting the feeling behind it, because that's where the power comes into play. That's when Mm -hmm. you start to evoke those feelings. That's when the shift happens, because you can sit there and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, until you're blue in the face. And if you don't mean it, Mm -hmm. nothing's going to happen. The energy, the fuel that makes Mm -hmm. the energy shift is the feeling. It's the total feeling that you put into it. So, you know, they say fake it till you make it. That might be true just to get down the pattern of what the lines are. But then you have to think about each word, you know, as you say, I love you. Don't just say, yeah, I love you. You know, say, I love yeah. you and think about it. I love you. I love right. you. I and love that's you. With and the gratitude, think. too. Yeah, yes. the gratitude, too. Get into that emotion. I mean, when I think of someone that I'm really grateful for or something, I do feel those tears of gratitude in my eyes, you know, to really mm-hmm. be, let yourself be in that state really feel, you know, and feel the good things for a change, you know, feel, you know, feel that love, feel that gratitude. And it does, of course, that's going to create healthier cells. Of course, that's going to create a more healing environment than if we're beating ourselves up or we're holding on to anger for someone else. And once you do the forgiveness, you can easily go to the gratitude because as hard as people, this is for people to believe because a lot of people say, I don't know, P, I don't care what the relationship is or the situation. There's always something in it that you can find to be grateful for. Something. There's always something. Even if, if it's just the fact that I learned how not to do this, you know, yeah. or I learned to be aware of this. I learned to see the red flag. I am grateful for that because if you truly learned it, it won't happen again. So you really need to be grateful for that. If you can't find the gratitude, you're not learning what you need to learn. And it's probably going to come up and hit you in the face again. And that's sad because you don't want that to happen. Oh, yeah, larger the next time too. Universe likes that. Okay, they didn't get it this time. Let me make that lesson a little larger this time, see if they get it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and once you get by that Mack truck, you realize, why didn't I see this coming? I don't know, sweetie. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I get you 100%. Yes, indeed. Now, you did say that you might want to do a process with us. So tell us a little bit about the process to. you do. Okay, great. I would what would you like to, to do? I would love to, I would love to take uh, your listeners through an exercise through anchoring. And anchor is, we will go on about our, like, worst moments forever, like I said earlier, in our head. Uh, We'll repeat them over and over again. But we won't go over the good moments. You know, we might think about a memory fleeting and just let it go, but we never really allow ourselves to sit in it. And there's really great power, there's great power in having an anchor. So I'd love to take you guys through an exercise in that. I think I'd love to do that. That's great. (laughs) Wonderful. All right, so I'll ask you guys to close your eyes and just get a little centered. I do love to ask that you rub your hands together as you're just kind of getting centered. It's a good way to just start to feel your energy in your body. So continue rubbing your hands together for a little while. Notice your breathing. 
Don't judge it. Just notice it. If you're breathing really rapidly, you might want to try to slow it down. Now you can put your hands a couple inches apart and just feel that energy coursing through you. And I'd like you to now imagine that energy going up and down your body. And know if that energy wanes, you can always rub your hands together again. No one's judging you. When you feel the energy strongly, I want you to feel it want you to feel it going up your arms to your chest and up your neck and head. Then feel it moving down your face to your neck, your chest, your abdomen, your legs, your calves, your toes. Now the energy is going to move back up from your toes to your calves your legs and your stomach and then it's going to settle right into your heart. Now I'd like you to come up with an anchoring moment before you take the next step. I want you to imagine a time in which you felt your heart leaping with joy. A time in which you felt tears of gratitude or happiness. Not only would I like you to remember that moment right now, but when you have one, sit with it for a few seconds. Imagine the people that were there and your feelings for them. See them as clearly as you can in the situation. Feel the emotions of it. If you can recall a smell or taste, bring that back too, as well as any visual cues. The more sensory awareness you can recall, the more powerful your anchor will be. I want you to sit with this for a few seconds with your eyes continually closed and a little smile on your face. Bring in that emotion as if you were truly revisiting it now in this moment. I want you to now think of a moment in the next few days when you will use that anchor. Something that stresses you out. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's a commute. Maybe it's someone at work. Sometime when you can bring in this moment in memory and smile. Maybe when you're stuck in traffic, if you're ready to engage in a challenging conversation. By thinking about the moments that you will use your anchor ahead of time, the anchor will come to mind in those times. See yourself in that normally triggering moment, bringing this memory back, this anchor, and see your mood changing as you recall this special moment. Give yourself gratitude for basking in the energy of this joyful moment. Slowly, when you're ready, you can say goodbye to that moment with a smile, knowing you will be revisiting it soon. Bring yourself back to this moment, feeling the chair, whatever you're sitting or lying down on, feeling your fingers and toes and wiggling them. Noticing your breath and how calm you feel. And when you're ready, you can take a few deep breaths and open your eyes. That was really a good exercise. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You know, it's so easy to be able to do that. And now once that everyone has done it, they can quickly go back to it. It's almost like, I guess, an app for a phone. How do you do something? There's an app for that. This is the app. <laughs> Am I right? This, yeah. is, this is the ener- yes, energetic app for that. This is an EA. It's an energetic <laughs> app for that. So, you know, use it because it will shift. And, again, as we talked about before you did the exercise, it is the feeling that is behind it that fuels that. That's what's so important. You know, because when you think about the power behind anger, when people get anger and and all of a sudden things become violent, it's the fuel of the anger that increases it and accelerates that emotion. You want to do that with positive things. You don't want to do that with negative things. You want to, as soon as you start to feel those negative things come up, go to the positive and allow that to overtake and extinguish the negative so that you are in a better place. 
I, I, these are great tools. They're throughout this entire book for all of these different aspects, for, for all of these different things that will come up, challenges that will come up, as it said, from forgiveness to gratitude. And there's a lot in between. Jenny, that was great. That was really great. Oh, thank, thank you for you. allowing us thank to do that, sharing that with us. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, I think sometimes people don't have the tools. As you said, we haven't been taught this. Well, now we have the opportunity. It's called A Short Path to Change, written by Jenny Mannion. You can learn all of these things and use them. Just pull them out of the file cabinet in your head and just say, oh, wait, what what was it that I was supposed to do for this situation? Because it's always okay to take a step back. When you take that Mm -hmm. step back and go to that file and pull it out, that gives you the opportunity to calm down in that one second of breath and then start to do this other other exercise that's going to bring you to a calmer place. It will reduce your stress, lower your blood pressure. And when you do this for three minutes, it only takes three minutes to do this. The effects will last for six hours. That has been scientifically proven. So if you get into that feeling for just three minutes, you'll have six hours of uh, less reactionary time within your workspace or in your home and get everybody else to do it. There's no reason why you can't do it as a family. It's really a good family activity. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, once you start feeling better, your family starts radiating that too, I mean, vibrating to that energy. Uh, People will notice that you're feeling better, and I am a big believer, and it's wonderful if you can meditate for hours, but you really don't need to to live a happy life. You can use these tools or other tools that are really short and then do them a couple times a day. Like you said, if if three minutes can give you six minutes, hours of happiness then yeah. you know time it so you do exercises a couple times a day i i do believe that the morning and the night right when you wake up and right when you go to bed are really crucial times because that's usually the time that we're stressed out <laughs> and we're worried about the day or we're complaining about what happened that day whereas we can switch that and that's the time when we our subconscious is more awake because we are kind of in that half awake half asleep state so it it goes deeper if in that moment first thing in the morning if you're laying there instead of dreading getting up oh this is going to be a bad day or oh I have this this and this to do there and do pay a couple couple minutes of gratitude for somebody or do the anchoring exercise and right before your bed you go to bed too Pay gratitude for something that you did that day for somebody that made someone smile, or even if it's something little like cooking dinner for your family, something that we just take for granted as, well, of course I did that. But you know what? You put your time and your energy and your love into making food, and that deserves recognition. It deserves gratitude. So, yeah, just a couple of times a day, and your life will flow a lot easier. Yeah, you're right. We do take things for granted that we do on a regular basis, presuming that, well, it's what I do, and like it's not a big deal. It is a big deal because somebody else would, A, have to do it, and it probably wouldn't get done, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because especially with women, it's like, yeah, if nobody's cooking, then guess what? If dad's in charge, we're going to McDonald's. Oh, okay, no, you know, but God bless you trying to help here, you know, whatever the the thing is, but it is, it's the little things. Now, a lot of people just, the alarm goes off, they smash the alarm, they, their heat, feet hit the ground, and they're running for the day. Instead of doing that, try something different. And if you have to start on a weekend, that's fine. Yeah. When you wake up, you know, stretch your arms as wide and as, as long as you can and your legs the same way and do that stretch. It's an empowering stretch before you even get out of bed. And then mm-hmm. do one of these exercises, and you're actually opening yourself up to like self-love people don't it's not narcissistic to love yourself this is not being conceited nobody's saying kiss the mirror you know although i know people will say well i kiss the mirror and i'm like okay well whatever whatever floats your boat but that's a little weird for me (laughs) (laughs) and yes see you brought up a good point too like people hit the ground running but okay so even if say tight schedule you need to get in the shower do it in the shower You know, in the Mm -hmm. shower is another unconscious time where we're usually, like, going through our to-do list or did I even wash my hair? What did I do two seconds ago? You know, we're not conscious. We're not present. We're not feeling that beautiful water washing us, you know, washing us, 
cleansing us. We can imagine the negativity washing down the drain. We can do one of these exercises in the shower. You always have time in the shower. You can't say you have other obligations then. Right. You know, and you might be rushing through it instead of, it's going to sound kind of weird to say this, but instead of savoring those moments that you have alone with water, water is very creative. You can get a lot of ideas around water. So if you're in the shower and you're just like paying attention to washing your hair, first of all, there are so many people will say, I have nothing to be grateful for. Did you wake up today? Well, yeah, I woke Mm -hmm. up today. Okay, some people didn't. There you go. There's one. Okay. This, and that's a pretty big one because some people did not. Do you have running water? Yeah. Did you wash your hair? Yeah. Did you have shampoo? Uh-huh. Did you have conditioner? Because some people don't have that. Yeah. Did you brush your teeth? Yeah. With toothpaste? Mm-hmm. Okay. Look at how many things and, and you haven't even come out of the bathroom yet, you know? So when you think of it that way and you realize there are people in this world that don't have that. And, and I'll go a step further. I was at a luncheon last year and, you know, in my area, uh, you just – you don't see what you see when you go to New York City. You don't see that level of poverty, okay? So we presume everybody's doing great. Everybody's got the same stuff. Everybody's behind everybody's doors. Everybody's doing okay. That's what everybody presumes. But there was a um, woman telling a story about uh, a young girl and her dad who went to the food pantry, and the food pantry needed, you know, they went there because they needed food. And he didn't want to do that, but he had been out of work so long that he now needed to use the services of the food pantry. And you have to go and apply and explain and all that. And his little girl came over and was tugging at his coat. And the woman said to her, oh, are you bored? You probably want to go home. And she said, no, the other lady told us that when you were done, we could get some food. We haven't eaten in two days. I was in shock. I was in shock. The horror of that. There are people that are walking around. Now, there's a school in my area. It's a prep school expensive okay and the kids put on a dinner for people who needed food and one of the young girls who attends the school went out to wait table and she came back in and said to her mom I can't do this and she said why she goes one of my classmates is out there I had no idea she had no idea that her class now some And I thought, seriously, you got you to look at the bigger picture. You cannot possibly just take somebody down, cut them off at the, you know, cut, you can't just cut them off at the knees and say, that's it, you can't have this because your kid goes to a prep school. Those tuitions are paid for in advance, and that's the way it goes. So when we think about what we have and what other people don't have, just because all the houses look alike on the street and it's a cookie-cutter neighborhood and everybody's going to schools and dressed up in their parochial school uniform or whatever doesn't mean that what they have is better than you or what you have is better than them. Everybody's got something. So there's something to be grateful for. Those people that were serving were grateful that they could serve. And they also now knew they were grateful that they were not in the same position as those other people. So there's always something to be grateful for. You know, you just, sometimes you just have to find it and shift the perspective a little bit. I find that to be true a lot, that you have to kind of help people go through that shifting of perspective. Do you find that as well? Yeah, and you started with that, the, you know, the Wayne Dyer quote. Yeah. You know, when you change the way you look at things and things you look at change. Yeah. And that is yep. so true, and it really doesn't take that much. I mean, that's really the... The crucial part here is recognizing, I mean, that's another thing we've been told, change is hard. It's hard to change. Yeah. It really is not. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's just kind of a negative statement we've been told over and over again, but it really is not that hard. We just have to want it. We have to know we're worthy and want it. Yeah, and that's probably one of the big things, too, is that people don't get that they're worthy. But then again, that's the self-love thing. You know, they think they don't yeah. deserve. Why don't you deserve you know, do you, do you really think that you have to, like, be unhealthy so someone else can be healthy? Because it doesn't work like that. You know, mm-hmm. you can just continually be healthy and keep going along. It's, it's, it's not an exchange like that. There's enough for everyone. There's enough abundance for everyone. So you can't be thinking, well, I can't ask for this, that, or the other thing because that would be taking away from someone else. No, it's not. It absolutely is not. That's probably a big thing, that pe- a hurdle that people need to get past is that you're not taking away from anyone else because I think deep down Mm -hmm. people think that too yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) isn't that hard though yeah I mean it's just not what we've been taught 
and that's really the only the only hurdle to get over. And you know, once you recognize that self love, I mean, everything around you is going to reflect that. Your friends are going to reflect that. Your relationship is going to reflect that. If you don't feel you are worthy, how are you going to attract someone else to you that feels you're worthy? Mm-hmm. So it is really important. It's the, it's the basis of of happiness is our own self love and that gratitude. Uh, for ourselves as well as for for every single thing in our lives that we have. And we, when we change, we can't change anyone, but when we change, the people around you automatically change. Now, that could be that people will end up getting out of your life because they're no longer a kindred spirit because you've changed so much so that they don't fit in with the groove of of your vibration. And you're bringing in, Mm -hmm. attracting new people. You're like a magnet. You're bringing in new people that are now, you know, more like-minded. That's a good thing. But you will notice, like sometimes with couples, wives particularly, they'll say, you know, I can't change him. And I'll say, you're absolutely right. And she'll say, well, why am I here? <laughs> I'll say, well, because you can change you. And if you change you, they're going to shift because they'll see you change. And all of a sudden, you're in, see, our energy fields are, are intermingling constantly, especially oh, in a yeah. marriage. Especially in a marriage, they're going to change, and they get that. And when they first get, when they see the very first change, which can happen within days, truly, it can mm-hmm. happen within days. And people will think, I would. I remember one woman coming and saying a week later, she says, T, I can't believe, I can't believe he changed." She says, "I just don't know if it's going to last." I said, "Are you planning on, on changing back?" And she says, "No." I said, "Well, then there you go. You know, if you don't change <laughs> yeah. back, he won't change back. You just keep going Absolutely. forward, and he'll keep moving along with you. He doesn't even need to know about it." And that's a really yeah. good thing. You know, yeah. the and, difficult and part. Because we, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say the difficult part is that when you start to change in, in friendships and sometimes mm-hmm. another person starts to change, but then there's, there's that little part that doesn't, that goes on only so long when you actually have to cut that cord where that person right. is no longer serving you well. And I don't mean giving to you to a point where, you know, that's not what I mean. I just mean they're not, their energy is negative to the point where they've changed enough but not enough to be a fit with you so then you have to like cut that cord and let that friend go because it should never friendships should never be a competition and a lot of times especially among women they are and it's sad yeah yeah and it should be a 50 50 exchange of course some you know we all go through our times where we need a little more love and attention it can be 70 30 once in a while but it shouldn't be stuck at an uneven exchange. You know, we, we're always giving and receiving energy. We're always feeling good around each other. Uh, so many times you mentioned the, the spouse. So many times we concentrate on the worst thing. Oh, I'll concentrate on the worst habit my, you know, my spouse has. And we forget about the beautiful things about that person. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if we're, you know, thinking all through when we're making dinner, oh, he's going to do this. He's going to chew with his mouth open. He's going to do this. It's going to drive me crazy. You know, you're putting negative energy into the food. You're kind of creating that what's going to happen instead of being like, I'm so grateful I get to sit down with, you know, a loving partner and have dinner. I'm so grateful Mm -hmm. we get to talk about our day. Just think about all the things that you love. I'm sure he'll have something really funny to tell me tonight. You know, putting those positive vibes out there and that positive energy. It's just amazing how when you start to do those little shifts, everything shifts around you if you do them consistently enough. And you will, and you have to remember too that okay, I might not like that he does this, but I bet you he doesn't like when I do this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you really because none of us is perfect, you know. So you can't be sitting there right. thinking, you know, I'm perfect, he's not, and it doesn't work like that either, you know. No. I can't believe it. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jenny, we are we are nearing the top of the hour. But before we go, would you please tell our listeners how they may learn more about you and all the work that you're doing, and where they may purchase your book, A Short Path to Change. Sure. My website is jennymannion.com, J-E-N-N-Y-M-A-N-N-I-O-N.com. I have a lot of articles on the site. I have a link to my book there, or you can go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or my publisher site, Llewellyn.com, and order it from there. And, yeah, I offer my a free ebook for subscribers to my mailing list and yeah just try to keep those tools coming and articles and i'm re- contributing blogger now for the huffington post so you can also look for me there uh put in my name and follow me and yeah i just i'd love to talk about these things i offer half an hour uh free co- complimentary consultation 
I love to talk with people. I love to, you know, sometimes even that half an hour, I mean, people can start to shift. They'll have that aha moment. And, yeah, it's just beautiful. This is my passion, to just help other people recognize that they're unlimited and they're powerful and they can start creating the life of their dreams. Instead of feeling a victim to life, they can feel empowered. Yes, and it comes across in in the way that you speak because with such enthusiasm and passion for your work. And and thank you for that. And thank you again for honoring us being on the show and doing the process with all of us. That was a great process. I hope everybody uses it and remembers it. Thank you so much for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. Thank you so much, T. I had so much fun speaking with you. No, I'm glad. Me too. So listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live in the life we are meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show that you just heard to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, a lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting, including my sound healing concerts and labyrinth walks. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. I got a roof over my head. I got a warm place to sleep. So that's all I wake up again. Instead of counting sheep. I got a When I remember how
Give it. 